in a family of six children. When Saturdays came around, we had to do our chores. And there was a lot of work to be done. Every Saturday, up and at them, get out of bed, get something to eat, and then go to work. Clean. Vacuum. Oh, God. Change the sheets, clean the bathrooms, rake the leaves, mow the lawn, pull the weeds, and poison ivy. All I remember is poison ivy everywhere. My brother Ed is here today. Do you remember Ed? Yeah. I hated Saturdays. And we were told that, you know, it's got to be perfect because your father's coming home to inspect. Now, Dad was at sea a lot, as many of you know. He was in the Navy. And his deployments were long, and so I was always afraid that he would just show up, you know, one Saturday to inspect. And when we were all done, and Mom said, okay, you're all done, now do it again, basically. Or run around the house, do something, but stay busy. And so I would just run around the house. And she said, what are you doing? I said, you said to run around the house. I never figured it out, but I always knew that Saturday was a work day. It was always a work day. And when Dad did come home, sometimes he would say, okay, you look around, good job, I'll give you my highest mark. So B plus. B plus. And I said, that's all? Yeah, he said, because there's always room for improvement. It can always be better. In other words, friends, it was never good enough. It was never good enough. And growing up, we teach our children to work hard and we give them the discipline of that kind of work and responsibility because we want them to take ownership and it's a good thing. It's a very good thing to educate and form our children that way. But there is a limit, of course, if we're not careful. To understand the value of work, that's most important. But the danger is that when we take all of that work ethic which is so ingrained in our Anglo-Saxon Puritan culture as Americans, historically indebted to the Anglo-Saxon sense of work, not the Mediterranean Roman sense, but an Anglo-Saxon work, 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 you know, work. Okay, the danger is that when we translate that into our spiritual life, then we think we can actually work it harder and better and improve it to appease and please God, our Heavenly Father. If I simply work hard enough at this faith, if I simply work hard enough by doing all the good works, and I'm the most virtuous person there is and I strive for perfection, boy, I should be getting the A plus, not a B plus, 
I should get that A plus across my report card. Well, when I did get my report card and brought it home, and there were B's and B pluses, my father would say, what are all those B's and B pluses all about? And I remember one time saying, there's always room for improvement. <laughs> he didn't like that. But you know, when it comes to our relationship with God, he's not looking so much for our work to impress him. But I think most of us think that. Most of us think that if I can simply create a resume of work and I can say, Lord, look at all the things that I've done, see, across the board, across my life, and I should be getting really good marks for that, right? Thinking that I can make a deal with God to say, I've done all this, now grant me the reward. Okay? Now, friends, all of that is basically what's going on in this gospel account today. When St. Mark is telling us about this encounter that Jesus has with the rich young man, who says, Lord, what must I do to inherit eternal life? Now, Again, the focus is very clear from the outset. What must I do? Ego, me, myself. What must I myself do to inherit eternal life? Give me all the stuff I have to do. And Jesus says, well, you've got the commandments. And the guy says, yeah, I did all those. I'm doing all those. In fact, I have observed all the rules. I've observed all of them perfectly. And Jesus says, wow. And what does Mark say? Jesus looked at him and loved him. Don't forget the detail. Jesus loved this man. He loved him so much that he wanted to present another challenge. In fact, Jesus basically was saying, okay, you've shown me all the things that you've done. B plus. You can imagine what the man must have thought when Jesus said, there's something more that you can do. Now, what is Jesus doing at this point? He's saying, come on. I know you can't do that. And even if you thought you could, that's not the point. When he says, go, sell everything, give it all away, and then I'll give you maybe A minus. And we're retold, the rich young man went away sad because he had many possessions. So the point is here that when we think that our salvation is dependent upon my good works, when I am convinced that it's all about me and I've reduced my faith and this religion called Christianity to a kind of ethics, 
primarily do good, go to heaven, do bad, go to hell. All of that emphasis is on me. It's all about works. Good works, go to heaven. Bad works, go to hell. Does it sound familiar? Yes. It's part of the culture. As Anglo-Saxon Puritan work ethics, we're ingrained in that sense. Now, I cannot achieve salvation by my works. In fact, that's a heresy. Remember justification by works? Oh, works are very important. In fact, it's not simply justification by faith alone. It's faith and good works. Okay, the balance. But the faith piece is what I want to focus on here because I think that most of us, like the rich young man, would say, Lord, look at my report card. It's so good, isn't it? What must I do now to impress you? What more can I do to please you? What more can I do to win what I've worked for. Give me the reward of my good works, eternal life. And Jesus says, you don't get it, kid. It was never about you. I know that's really hard for me to hear when Jesus says, it really ultimately your salvation was not about you. It was about me. Working it. For you. Look what I did for you. Look at my work. That's divine work. Not human work. That is the work of God. See, we've said this so many times, it's good to hear it over and over and over again when we come to Mass. We are entering into a work of God. Perpetually, mysteriously, sacramentally, represented once again here before our eyes of faith, our ears of faith, our tongue of faith to believe that what I consume is the salvation granted me through the grace of the sacrament of the body and blood of Jesus, that's the work not that I do. That's the work that he does even now. This is my body for you. This is the work I'm doing for you. Relax. It's Sunday, everyone. Rest. That's why we rest on Sundays. And not, a lot of us don't, I know. We get busy. But it's really important at least to take this time in the obligation that we owe him to worship him and to relax and to say, when I come here, I'm not bringing so much prayers for myself. I'm bringing those, certainly, but am I bringing all my shame and my guilt and, and what I want and what I'm praying for, me, me, I, I, I mean, come on. That's important. I'm not downplaying that. But what I want to encourage us all is to remember that what we're here for is for Him. It's worship of Him and reception of Him. And it's acknowledging with gratitude, thanksgiving, Eucharistia in Greek, the thanksgiving of saying, Oh my God, what you have done. 
every moment of my life. What you have always thought of me from all eternity and what you're doing for me in time and what you will do for me after I'm dead. This is amazing, the work of God. If anything, he gets the A plus. This is his report card. And we just marvel at it. And all you can say is, oh my God, I'm so grateful. Just sit back and relax to allow his spirit to rush over you with his love, his compassion, his mercy, his desire for you to enter into a relationship with him and to trust that he will do the work through you, for you, in you, for yourself and for others. This is why we give him the glory. It's why our Lord says it's so hard for rich people to enter the kingdom of God. Now, what does he mean by this? Is he talking simply about the material wealth? Mm, our Lord is much more wise than that. Now, if you look at the original of the Aramaic and the Greek, rich means pride. It's the stuff of the world. Another word is sarks. It's the stuff of flesh. It's the stuff of the world. I have so much stuff in my life that I can't let go of that because I'm too proud of my record. I'm too proud of my resume. I've done all this. Look at my awards. Look at my pay. Look at my home. Look at what I've done with my life and I'm so proud. And that's beautiful. Don't knock it. But that is not what I can present to the Lord and say, here I am, I've done it, now what do I get out of it? It's not let's make a deal. This is not let's make a deal. No, he made the deal. He made the deal. When he dealt his hand and his arms and his body on a cross, that's the deal his gift to you. The other great word is possessions, for he had many possessions. Now here, possessions, again, doesn't simply mean things, like we say, I have many possessions. No, it means possessed. He was possessed by the world, by the attitude and the culture of the world that says, you can do it. You can know it, you can have it, you can be it. It's the same possession, it's the same word in Genesis when Satan said to Adam and Eve, if you eat of the fruit of divine knowledge, you can have it all. You can prove yourself to be gods. You can be perfect like God. The rich young man was so possessed that he thought he could be a god. I've done all these things, Lord. I've observed everything. I've done it so well, so perfectly. And what God, and that's why Jesus says, when the rich young man says, you are good, Lord, he says, no, 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 don't, don't say that to me. No, you, you can direct that to my father. 
So Jesus is always directing away any kind of those claims because that's the danger that our ego gets spilled up so much that, oh yeah, I am so good. I'm so great. I'm the best thing this world ever had. We're sinners, friends. But Satan is so, it's so turned off by sin. He hates that word. He hates that word. And our culture hates that word too. No, you're not sinners. Okay, you're imperfect, but you're not sinners. No, that's so negative. It's so mean. Wake up. We're sinners. That's why he came. We needed a savior, friends. I couldn't save myself with my good works. I need a savior to save me from myself and my possessions, my possessed sense of self. Boy, does this culture need a good dose of this? Narcissism 101. Isn't it something? Because it's all about me. It's always been about me. Sorry. Boy, if we could teach our children this over and over and over again, they would maybe, and for ourselves too, we might find the antidote to that pride and all that possession. It's called humility. It's really called humility. Which is why we come here again also to humble ourselves and we kneel before him out of a sign of humility that I am in need of a savior because I can't save myself. And so I acknowledge all power and dominion and majesty and rule and strength comes from him. I can't do it. If the rich young man had said, Lord, I'm a sinner. I can't do it without you. Jesus would have said, A plus. You got it. No, no, we like the rich young man who was so good. Yeah, but he didn't get it. See, the sinner gets it. The righteous don't. Because the righteous don't have a need for a savior. But sinners do. So once I acknowledge, Lord, I am a sinner, and truly acknowledge that with humility and honesty, total transparency before him, if I come before him with that complete, utter, naked truth, he takes it. He takes it onto his shoulders. He takes up the cross once again for us, and he says, don't worry. I'll do the work. Right here. This is my benchmark right here. I'm going to work it out for you. This is my body. This is my blood poured out for you in the eternal, eternal covenant. A perfect, eternal covenant. Wow. These are the words of Jesus, not mine. An eternal, perfect covenant for you and all that sins may be forgiven. This is why he came. This is why we're here. And all you can say is thank you. And to acknowledge that he's doing the work.
now and always. The work of God. Thank God I don't have to work so hard.